Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Uh, this is a, a interesting one this week. I thought, I thought, I mean, I was out record shopping a couple of weeks ago, as I like to do, and uh, I sort of just in my own time had a thought about the modern collector of vinyl, as we all are now, uh, and what was on the shelves in front of me. And there was a dearth of. Um, or a plethora of coloured vinyls and picture discs. Now, I thought to myself, it wasn't that long ago when they were the the difference, and you and now it's the black vinyl which is the not the norm anymore. Uh, and I think that's you know I was thinking about it. Why was that the case? Um, is it you know as an audiophile like myself? I thought, what what is the case? Why why be that? And um, I think it's because we are trying. Well, the industry is trying to reinvigorate the vinyl uh, industry because a, it's probably better sound, it's better product, it's, it costs more. Um, um, you know, more money for your bang in your buck, uh, bang for your buck as a producer, and bands just want to have that original vinyl sound again. But to get people to part with their, you know, I mean, here in Australia, the average. Um, brand new vinyl now is between 50 to 70 dollars so to part with that money we're trying to get the kids and i'm doing that with air quotes to buy you know um stuff that excites them and if it's either like funky funky packaging like we mentioned a few weeks ago artwork is it like a splattered vinyl a colored vinyl a shaped disc a picture disc and that's you're fine now when you go to buy your records very rarely will you just go and buy the black vinyl version of it now there is some you know there's some snobs out there in the you know record collecting cognoscenti myself not one of them anymore used to be that way years ago that the fact that you thought well if it wasn't the black vinyl the sound would be poor that isn't the case anymore. The materials that they can use to make the vinyls, um, coloured or 
otherwise are very much similar. The only difference I'm finding is, uh, is the some of the um, interesting pattern ones I do get um, when I clean them for the first time and they're brand new. I get some of that residue and dust that 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 comes off. Um, but that's I think in general actually the finishing of vinyl these days is a lot sub is subpar compared to what it used to be. When you go and buy a record thirty years ago, um, or you know longer, the, the the product that came to you from the record shop because the records were stored separately to the covers, you go in and you take the cover to the counter and they go and get it out of a paper sleeve and put it in a paper sleeve and give it to you. They usually wiped it down; it was clean, it had been cleaned thoroughly. Whereas these days, it feels like there's a lot of um, uh, factory residue dust on vinyl, particularly coloured prints. You get a lot of um, unfinished edges uh, around the around the edge where you get little bits of vinyl flake off um, and that's more so with the colored prints I think but anyway this that's why I think we, we are having a such a, uh, a huge lift in in the, the novelty of of, of, um, of the of the side of audio collecting now that I'm sure as I said does upset some original some die in the wall record collectors. Uh, I personally love it um, because I've got thousands of black vinyl records. It's so nice that I can go and get, you know, um, say Motorhead's latest album is going to come out live at Montreux. I can get it, you know, yellow vinyl, blue vinyl, green vinyl. I can get it black vinyl and get it, you know. In fact, often the black vinyl ones are the ones that are limited editions. I just got myself a copy of the new. Um, uh, um, the new Savage Master uh, album, uh, They Hunt at Night, and I got the black vinyl one. There was only like a hundred of them made. Now, I'm always a bit dubious when they say that there's only a hundred of this made, or or you know, twenty of that made, or thirty of that made. Um, personally, you know, but you know, it, it is sort of you have to take them for their word, don't you? But it does bring back the sense of fun buying records. I mean, that the, the really the punk movement really sort of set fire to that coloured vinyl phenomena in the late seventies for that sort of neon madness that was to um, gate crash the, the music scene then. Um, but what we're going to talk about mainly here is picture discs. Now, this comes back to a conversation I had with John, my um, good friend John. We both went to Record Store Day, as we do, and we both bought our, our copies of ELP, or Emerson, Lake and Palmer's uh, Brain Salad Surgery picture disc. Now, to say that the sound is poor on that disc is probably an understatement. Now, maybe it needs a good clean. As I said, there's a bit of surface noise, but it really didn't sound... It sounded muddy compared to the original print. And they also set me in the mind to think about this conversation. I wrote it down in my in my notes to cover. And so we had that conversation. Because, you know, we all know that we genuinely, most record collectors of a certain type, will buy picture discs not to play them. Now that sounds contradictory to why you buy media, audio media, but let's be honest, I have and I do buy several copies of the same record. I just on the weekend bought another copy of um, Peace of Mind, which I've now got like six copies of it. I'm not going to, because the Australian print, 
right? It's not, I'm not going to play that Australian print. I just want the fact it was made in Australia for the Australian market and it makes it a collector's thing. So I might play it, I might not. But it's the same with the picture discs, okay? I think that people get a little bit hit up with the uh, the sound quality. I remember one of the earliest memories I had of picture discs was my brother bringing home the Star Wars soundtrack picture disc with um, the droids on in the sand dunes, the cutout cover. Uh, I remember being really impressed by that. Uh, now, again, my brother was more of an audiophile than I ever would be, and what well, I was... I think he's, I don't know now, maybe he's not, who knows, but he was really much like really into his audio, like his audiophilia, if that's the right word. And so he really didn't like the sound that he got from the picture disc. And he'd often say to me that it would damage the needle, that was his concern, that the quality of the vinyl was not there. And I, again, from memory, I don't remember it sounding bad, but I was only like eight or nine at the time. Um, I do have some picture discs that sound absolutely amazing. I've got a particularly good a live Venom picture disc, which sounds fantastic. I've got a few Marillion-shaped picture disc singles, which sound fantastic. So, it, it, you know, it, to my ears anyway, I think it just depends on how they're manufactured, what the pressing plant's like, um, and the weight of the vinyl as well. I mean, that's another thing. Now, you know, uh, vinyl used to be really flimsy like like uh, wobble board material now it's all 180 grams 220 grams all weighted material because I think they need they, you know there's a sort of perceived perception that that will make better sound and it does make better sound because it deadens the vibration of the disc but if you've got a, um, a poor turntable like a horrible flea market thing it makes no difference if you've got a nice one like me I've got a Riga Planner 3 a nice thick 12 millimeter thick um glass platter uh you know on an on a completely vibration free platform it's going to sound amazing right so it does matter what you play it on as well but where i'm coming from there is that you know it's so it, it, it all depends on on your ear if you if you go to play it and you think well I don't hear the difference. I'm not worried. Then fine. It's like the it's like the same with CDs and cassettes and any medium that you play your music back on. If you enjoy the way it comes out of your speakers or into your ears, and you enjoy the way that you interact with the media, it doesn't really matter what media it is. It's just that of late, in the last probably five years or so, it really has all been coloured vinyl and novelty covers and novelty um, shapes and to try and keep the, the the record buyers coming back. When you go to record store day often you'll look and you'll see that most of the ones most of the records that disappear off the shelves are the special edition, limited edition, coloured or shaped or you know, something it's not genuinely the music within the package. Excuse me. Hang on. It's usually um, the package itself, and that's fine. No need to feel ashamed about that. I I think that um, we tend to, um, as a, as snobby audiophiles, kick ourselves by going, "Oh, we shouldn't really enjoy having that particular picture disc." You know, um, I've got. I said in my collection, I tend to buy more picture discs than I ever used to. Actually, um, you know, I've got. I just recently bought um, 
I picked up uh, a couple of uh, Six Pistols picture discs, which I didn't have before. You know, again, will I play them? Probably not. Do I like the fact that I've got them? Yeah, I love the fact the art's there and accessible. And that's another thing about picture discs is that, um, sadly, a lot of the time with the picture disc, because the picture disc is the what you buy it for, it comes in sub-par packaging. I please people out there listening, if there's anyone out there listening who's designing record covers, who's, uh, you know... It doesn't matter if the picture disc goes inside the sleeve and you take it out of a paper sleeve and there's your picture disc. Or have it like a gatefold, it slips in, you've got to cut out, you can see once you open the gatefold sleeve, you can see the picture disc. One of the most irritating um, modern phenomena is just in a PVC cover. No cardboard, no rigidity, it's just straight into this PVC cover and, you know, there's no wonder that that that, that modern uh, picture discs sound terrible. Taking them in and out of these new PVC covers um, are going to you're going to get surface scratches. You know, I you can't. I mean, I I actually nerdily put mine into um, uh, pe- um, into uh, lined paper inner sleeves and then put them back into the new PVC cover because I'm just sick of them getting damaged. If I want to show someone or look at it, I'll take it out, you know. Uh, And that leads me, on a different note, uh, a really irksome and irritating note, to ill-fitting PVC plastic inner liners. Oh, it's the bane of my record-collecting existence. I genuinely... That uh, Maiden album I picked up, it had an oversized PVC plasticky cover in a sleeve that's meant to be scratch and anti-static. But when you try and put it in, because I like to put the vinyl into the inner sleeve, face the up side of the inner sleeve, you know, the, the entrance to the inner sleeve, up and into the vinyl. So it gives you a double ceiling so you don't get dust in, right? But these, you couldn't even, you couldn't even get the plastic into the record cover. It wouldn't even wouldn't even sit inside it just bulked it flapped around it was horrible anyway that so please you know you can buy quite cheaply online some decent paper inner sleeves that have a lot that are lined with a sort of soft plastic so you don't scratch your vinyl taking your records in and out all right um it, it, there is, you just can, and you, you know, I know that people, a lot of people like me, will go and buy secondhand records. I love a good record, secondhand record hunt, and you know, nothing irks me more than either the record being chucked straight into the cardboard sleeve, no inner sleeve, or that I, my brother used to say they were Japanese. I remember him. He said to me, "Oh, they're the Jap- they're it's a Japanese invention," and I was like, "Well, if they are, sorry, I just banged the microphone. If they are, then I don't want to know about it because they're just really." horrendously horrible I hate them hate them hate them hate them anyway back to picture discs so I thought I might start off with a little potted history of the picture disc we'll start here and then we'll, when we get to the second side we'll go into the later period but it says here in some of my research doing that the the actual now I was surprised about this I would have thought the picture disc was a, a 60s invention but no in fact the earliest picture discs were uh, made by a Canadian company Berliner Gramophone Company around 1900 um, for his his, um, for his his master's voice. So it was actually not a picture disc. It was a etched record. They'd etched in his master's voice into the vinyl before they pressed it. 
So it was basically like a, a copyright sale safe thing. So that was one of the very first early picture discs, picture of the dog and the gramophone uh, etched into the vinyl. Um, but the actual proper first ever earliest records were not discs, but strictly speaking, but rectangular picture postcards with small round transparent celluloid records glued on to the illustrated side. Such as cards were used in about 1909, they were originally. So nine years after the very first ever etched disc. Later, the records were pressed into transparent coatings and covered the entire picture side of the card. This novelty product idea proved to have a very long life in the 1950s and throughout the rest of the vinyl era. So, you know, um, very interesting. I do remember that uh, seeing a documentary about um, the Russians, because in Russia they couldn't have pop music, it was not allowed. So to get music, what they would do is they would get x-ray sheets. So from hospitals, old x-ray sheets, what left over pictures of people's chests and arms and legs, cut them into circles and print vinyl onto them, print records onto them. And so they'd have a record play to play and it was actually, you know, if you, you can still buy them online, you can still buy them on eBay. And then it's x-ray prints with a record, it was usually pop music of the 60s and 70s or classical music, but mainly pop because that's what they were, they were trying to, get into the country really fancy that's that's what i call you know um going above and beyond um, now uh, a lot of these records were actually released on the back of boxes of uh, breakfast cereal and it was usually to sell advertising space so the record have you done pop the record out and it'd be it'd sell you you know brand x soap or um you know uh, and it was usually some sort of Modern at that particular time, a pop band would be selling their, uh, you know, themselves to Kellogg's, and it became very collectible. Um, the first picture disc of substantial size sold as records meant only to be looked at and not played. So interesting again, back to that whole, um, you know, collecting picture discs to be looked at and not played. Fascinating, I think, and that began in the nineteen thirties. Um, with several countries, uh, sorry, uh, when several companies in several countries began issuing them, some were illustrated with photographs or artwork simply designed to, to appropriate the musical content, but also some were to advertise, as we mentioned before. Rattle, rattle, paper, crunch, crunch, crunch. These are my notes. I'm going back to notes this week. The computer thing just gave me the shits last week. One second. So I'm drinking some tea. Um... But interestingly, and this is another bit I really found fascinating, was that some of the very earliest picture discs uh, were actually made for, now this did shock me, Adolf Hitler had his own paper picture disc. And even the British fascist uh, Oswald Mosley, the brown shirts, even he had a picture disc. Now most of these records were made of simple sheet of fairly thin printed cardboard with a very thin plastic coating and the audio quality was substandard. As this is where I think, I think the myth of picture disc sounds coming, being poor coming from. Some were more sturdy and well made and they equaled or actually surpassed the audio quality of ordinary records. Again, as I say, you see, I think some, are, I've heard that. I've had my, I've had friends of mine that reckon that certain picture discs actually sound better there's that fallacy that they wear out quicker that's not the truth um they were made of a gritty shellac compound that introduced a lot of background noise and this is why again the picture disc sort of was a bit much maligned and in 1933 rca victor in the u.s issued a few typically cardboard based 
picture disc that was unhappy with their quality and soon began making an improved type. A rigid black shellac core uh, was sandwiched between two illustrated sheets. Each side was then topped with a substantial layer of high-quality clear illustrated plastic into which the recording was pressed. So there we go. That's how the very early picture discs were, that came about up until about 1946. These were produced on 78s um, and very occasionally produced on the 33 and a third RPM. Uh, the 78, of course, was a, a much heavier needle and a much heavier arm, and that would have destroyed early copies of these picture discs. Like the ones, apparently, the ones that Hitler and um, Oswald Mosley don't really exist that much as a few in museums, but they're they sort of got destroyed pretty quickly because of the way they were made. Um, it was the first 33 RPM picture disc and only one made until... I've made, I've made notes and I've read that wrong. Blah, 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 blah. That's so me, isn't it? Uh, what have I got here? Um, okay, Victor made uh, introduced um, the earliest real picture disc that played at 33 RPM and they were mainly made of high quality and very special. Um, they were only released in small quantities of... Um, and they were sold at a much higher price than ordinary records. Well, as you can imagine, they sold in very small numbers. They sold in very small numbers, um, compared to the industry around in the 1930s. Right. Um, unfortunately, there was a crash, uh, of course, during the war, um, an introduction of radio, which uh, killed off record, you know, killed the record industry. So not just the war, but the record industry killed off. Sorry, radio, radio killed the record industry. Um, and picture discs were one of the first to go, so that's why there's a big gap between sort of the 30s and the 50s and the 60s because it was just cheaper to keep making black vinyl pressed acetate records than many layered um, picture discs. Anyway, that's enough for this side. I'm going to um, go and warm up my tea um, and then I will come back and we'll go on from the 1940s onwards in the history of our picture discs and watch ones we love and all that sort of stuff anyway i hope you've enjoyed side one and i'm sure you've got records out there that you love that are um picture discs that you go well i don't really care that picture discs. i like them it's good enough for me anyway talk to you on the other side bye guys ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to the potted history of picture discs. It was that quickly when you've had a few drinks, eh? A bit too many plosives there, I think. One second, and more tea, I think. Mm. So, with the Great Depression and World War II no longer around from 1946 onwards, to interfere with such modest luxuries, the, pro- the picture disc can re-emerge in 1946 when Tom Satfrey's Savway Industries began issuing Vogue records. Vogues were a well-made product, physically smaller to RCA Richter's improved 1933 issues, except their core discs were aluminium instead of shellac. So instead of having um, cardboard, shellac, um, clear, it was it's now a metal disc in the middle. Give it more resid- aluminium instead of shellac. The Victor Disc had been illustrated in high Art Deco styles, often in sober but elegant black and white um, images. I think that sounds beautiful, doesn't it? I wouldn't want to see one of those. I don't know. I've not actually seen one in real life, but I'm sure they're wonderful to to, to hold. Um, they were had pinup art, mostly gaudy coloured, as well, uh, which would be be fantastic some dramatic some humorous some very cartoonish the audio quality was excellent by contemporary standards and they were featured professional talent most with names known to the general public but vogue was handicapped by the lack of any big hit names top tier talent was usually under exclusive contract to companies such as mercury records for whom savway manufactured special attention grabbing quite surfaced quiet surface picture discs there you go quiet surface so no noise involved, right? That was their selling point. And the Vogue Records retailed at around about a dollar and five, about fifty percent more than your ordinary ten inch seventy eight records. So you can see why it would be only for those sort of real other collectors at the time, or the rich and you know well healed, or, or you know really nice special birthday presents and stuff like that. Vogue went out of business in nineteen forty seven after fewer than a hundred catalogue items bearing the Vogue logo had been issued. What a shame, really. Uh, it's a real shame, really. But uh, but then other companies, um, more commercially successful and long-lived, were some of the children's picture discs. Now, I actually have a couple of pre-war children's picture discs. Um, 
I picked up in a secondhand store. I got them because of because of as a record collector. Not the music, not the image, nothing inside, but it was just something that f- f- sort of tickled my fancy. Um, they were by they were marketed by Record the Guild of America. Yes, they are. Mine's yellow, I believe, um, and red. Uh, from the 1940s to the 50s, their most popular and well-known issues resembled Vogue records in their general style of illustrations and use of high-quality materials, but they were only 7 inches in diameter, had no reinforcing core discs, and sold much lower price. Other companies such as Vogue also made pictures for children. But I've got the Record Guild of America ones. Um, okay. And, of course, then you have Red Raven movie records, introduced in 1956, were a very unusual type of children's picture disc. The features sequence of 16 interwoven animated frames arrayed around the center where they played at 70 rpm the, on the turntable the small 16 mirrored images danced on the disc now i think that's amazing um again i've never seen that i've had i've seen something similar um recently um and there are sort of those sort of new again part of the new wave of of fancy records you get holographic records that when they play you get a holographic image you've got sparkle all sorts of strange stuff but it was really nice because an endless repeating high quality animated cartoon scene appropriate to the song so how fantastic is that you know these people this is back in the 50s what were people it was just a, a, you know people were still thinking about trying to sell their medium to different audiences pardon me um and, you know, the, the kids market, grab them young, keep them forever, as they say, right? Pictures of the large and solid Victor Vogue type were very rarely issued in the US between the demise of Vogue in 1947 and the end of the 1960s. Interesting. But several lines of picture discs, such as the French Saturnus, were produced in Europe and Japan during these years. So they were still being made. I think it's just getting down to cost, right? Just down to cost. But here you go, here you go, right. Now the 70s, this is my era, right. This is where I think they really came into their own, you know. Um, a new generation of picture discs appeared in the 1970s. The first series picture discs with acceptable but still inferior sound quality were developed by Metronome Records, GmbH, a subsidiary of Elektra Records. These new picture discs were made by creating a five-layer lamination consisting of core of black vinyl with a kiln-dry paper decals on either side and then outer skins of clear vinyl film manufactured by 3M. On the outsides, on the outsides, it, it, in manufacture, one layer of the clear vinyl was first placed on the bed of the press on top of that stamper, then a puck of hot black vinyl, then extruded was placed, on, placed onto that. Finally, the top print and vinyl film layer was added, held by a retracting pin in the upper profile, usually employed to retain the upper paper label and press closed. Problems with the poor vinyl flow caused by the paper texture and the air released from the paper that, if not dried correctly, plagued the process. Now, I, I read that really quickly, um, and I'll read it again, because I think I read it, I wrote it down, and I can't read my bloody handwriting. I'll read it again quickly, but with a bit slower. In manufacture, one layer of the clear film was placed on the bed of the press on the top of the stamper. Then a puck of hot black vinyl from the extruder was placed on top of that. Finally, the top print and vinyl film layer was added, held by a retaining pin in the upper profile, usually employed to retain the upper paper label. And then the press then press closed. Problems with the poor vinyl flow caused the paper texture and the air released from the paper that had not been removed in the kiln drying process plagued the process so it's quite a complicated 
process making early picture discs, isn't it? Sounds like it as well. The most first modern rock picture disc was introduced as an assortment of artists such as MC5, The Doors. It was released in 1969 by Metronome of Germany, entitled Psychedelic Underground and Off Two Hallucinations. The second release was a British progressive rock band Curved Air's first album, Air Conditioning. That's an interesting one. When you play that one, it spirals as a visual um, hallucination, um, uh, visual thing on it. So as it spills, spins, you get this sort of like um, so I'm hit the microphone. You get like a like a pattern that repeats on the surface. I'm not giving it very good a good de- uh, description of it, but I'm sure if you Google it, you'll see it. Uh, one commercially issued American Curved Air's first album, so air conditioning, a UK issue, 1971, commercially issued American picture disc is to the Elvis Love Still Burning, a collection of 11 Elvis Presley tribute songs by various artists. That was released in 1978. Initially, picture discs were usually promotional items pressed in small quantities, but the late 1970s then began to produce commercial products. Punk brought that in. Okay, punk really did and pop. Um, so instead of being just, hey, I'm going to make five or six thousand of this one single release it, they made large, large um, uh, batches of them um, because cassettes and compact discs were coming in. Well, cassettes were already in, but because compact discs was coming in, they wanted to try and keep that novelty and that record buyer in the market. Um, as I said, going back to the picture disc, uh, curved air is an optical illusion is what I was trying to say so as it rotates on its B side while other, it, you get this optical spinning disc shaped discs disc were very common in the 80s mostly considered to be collecting or collector's items rather than for listening I have to agree there um, when I wrote that down that I found I've got lots of shaped pigeon discs that I personally don't play because they just if you have um, an automatic record deck, not that I don't, I don't have an automatic record deck, but if you have an automatic record deck and you go press play and it comes up, now it's looking for the edge. Uh, it's, I've had issues in the past. I had a, used to have, years ago, I used to have a top, um, um, a Bang & Olufsen record deck that was, the the arm was in the in the lid and it, it was revert, it had um, an arm underneath and an arm above so you could sort of, almost like auto-reverse. You play the A side and then the B side without having to turn the record over. Really fancy. And it had a laser to find the edge of the record. But if it was a shaped disc, it was never going to find that edge, you know? So I never used to bother playing them on my fancy Bang & Olufsen because what, why would I bother? So then I, you know, when you're sort of, um, you're going through your poverty stage in life, you know, you're an art student like I was or, you know, whatever. You just moved out from home. And you want to buy a record. You're not going to buy one you're going to play. So you're not going to buy one that you, you can't really play it. So generally, um, they were always a little bit of a novelty um, in the 80s to me. But I've still got lots of them. Um, a lot of interview discs are, are, are printed as picture discs. I've got Sex Pistols, Marillion. I've got Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple. Um, I've even got a, I think I've got a Led Zeppelin one. I've got quite a few interview discs. Um, I mean, I've got a Gary Moore one somewhere as well, uh, because it was just a way of when you put, you know, putting the record on, listening to the interview, you got you could see the picture of the person who'd been interviewed. I suppose. Um, and that's really it. That's the potted history of of picture discs, isn't it, guys? Right. So, you know, 
very sort of interesting that we sort of come from the 1900 where you would never imagine it to be right through to the many layered you know like um paper shellac in between paper and shellac and clear um the metal as a core i have to tell you that i didn't know until i was researching this i didn't know that picture discs had a shellac core i generally didn't i thought it was clear then um the picture then clear and the modern ones do have that but the older ones and i've got a lot of 70s picture discs i didn't realize that the core would be a traditional black press shellac um or you know and that or the or extruded polyvinyl um is what it actually is now um and or it was back from the six sort of 70s onwards uh, even probably before then uh, and i just found that fascinating that's something I'd, I'd learned and i do love as i said um the packaging aside and i do have some fantastic i've got a really trail of my treasured possessions i've got a um a motorhead triple single um picture disc set it's three singles three picture discs all in a nice sort of flip out cover they've all got a lovely pvc cut out so you can see the the vinyl um and it's nice and held in this case the same with i've got a ghost one of the first album eponymous um isn't i mean you know I don't play because I don't play Ghost anymore, but that's, that's an old different podcast, right? But I really love that picture just because it was bought for me for my kids for Christmas for me years ago when when I thought, when I used to love Ghost, right? You know, before they became a pop band. There's alienating some of my audience. But if I can't say it on my show, when can I say it? Anyway, so we're going to go to the next section of this program. It's going to be, where do we go next? what's what's the next novelty do you think coming out of the uh what where can we go we've got records that play hologram images when you turn them on the deck you've got um picture discs you've got shape picture discs you've got colored vinyls and all sorts of you know wonderful wacky colors again side note Please, if you're buying a brand new coloured vinyl that's, say, a splattered vinyl, for instance, or a multicoloured vinyl. Um, this happened to me with, recently when I was playing um, uh, I was playing Behemoth's latest album, which is a um, on a, a, a sort of gold and black splatter with white background. I actually, when I wiped the record down before I put it on the deck, I got a lot of gold fleck paint or gold fleck vinyl dust and it got onto my needle and it really bugged me because you know you pay very very big money for quality um stylus you don't want it being ruined by um, that kind of thing and that's so just be be mindful when you buy colored vinyl to give them a really good clean verse first before you play them and that goes for any record really but more so for the colored vinyls but then again so i sidetracked where do we go what's next what have we got in the... I mean, there are endless loop records. There are records that when you play them and you put your neck needle on one side of the record, on, on one part of the record, it plays a different track to when you play it on the other. When you paste the needle down again, so you get double tracking vinyl. You've got the... You know, there was um, uh, a German company released uh, ultra length vinyl so they could get... The, the groove was even more microed. And so you got an hour on the record instead of 40 minutes uh incredibly tightly packed groove um but you know 
and not and according to the you know YouTube channels I've watched because I've never played one, um, the sound quality was great. So the you know there's there's that isn't there? There's those kind of novelties. There's um you know the packaging novel. I mean the the packaging for vinyl is now as we mentioned a few weeks ago is sort of endless, but not so much with the picture disc. Poor old picture disc gets chucked in a polyvinyl sleeve with a sticker that says, you know, limited edition, prints, vinyl, coloured vinyl or picture disc. And you, and you, you know, you get it home and having to store that in your record collection is quite tricky. As I said, I'd now take mine out and put it into a uh, a nice protective uh, audio quality, file quality picture paper sleeve. And it goes back in and goes into my collection because... Yes, I know it's only a novelty, but I also want the fact that I can play it if I want to do so. And in the future, if I want to sell it um, or move it, you know, give it away or whatever I want to do with my product, my, with it, I don't want it to be lessened in its value. Because again, they are, you know, record collecting now has become quite valuable uh, as a commodity, as, as, as an investment. So these picture discs, you know, where, you know, a few years ago they were, looked and frowned upon by audiophiles about the quality of the sound and they damaged the record I mean that was one of my favourite fallacies about a picture disc is you know they're going to wear out quicker why? why would they wear out quicker? it's same material on the top as a normal record if if anything because they're layered um, it's probably going to last a bit longer it's a slightly thicker disc you know Uh, I you know, I mean, I I will always um, buy the the picture disc version of anything that comes out if it's available, because I want to have it in all forms of the record. I had a friend, Melvin in the UK, um, not not normal Melvin, crazy Melvin, good old crazy Melvin. I shouldn't say crazy Melvin, it's probably that's probably politically incorrect. He was I called him crazy Melvin because he was just he was just wacky and wild, and I use crazy in the term as wacky and wild, not crazy as in you know, Cloud Cuckoo Land. Um, and he would he would have copies, like he would, like I remember he had Road to Ruin by the Ramones, and I'd go to his house and he had like nine copies of it. He had every single colour vinyl pressing, he had UK pressing and US pressing, he had the picture disc, he had a signed um, uh, acetate. He, you know, he, he would, and, and he would have and he would go and buy three copies of the same record. He was a big police fan, and he'd go and buy the same copies of the same rec- three copies of the same record, put two in the storage for protection and one to play. Now, not all of us are on the same level as Melvin, but there's a little bit of us in all of us that wants our expensive records that we buy. And let's be honest, you know, if it's seventy to eighty hundred dollars, I mean, I went and bought two. I mean, on average, I will spend about two hundred to two hundred and fifty on a on a re- when I go out to buy records. Uh, that's Australian dollars, by the way, um, because like I just bought two, um, as I mentioned on the weekend, maiden um, Australian prints, and they come close to two hundred dollars, and they're second hand. But I'm not going to get them easily, and I'm not going to let them go into the hands of another collector because I would be like, "Where's my copies?" Um, and it, it, it is an investment, and that's so we do want to look after them. And so that's same with the picture discs. You've invested in them, you want to play them, you want to love them. You can put them in frames, you can put them in stands, you can do what you want with them. A lot of people do put one of them, my, please, 
never do this. If I ever see a picture disc with a clock mechanism mechanism in it, I'm gonna scream. The amount of times you go around Camden Market in London or wherever market you are, and there's someone out there that's gone and bought all these cheap picture discs. Some of them not even cheap. Some of them bloody rare, um, and put clock movements in. I've almost one point there was a um, there was an Iron Maiden one, a shaped one, and I almost it was for the Trooper. I almost bought the bloody thing just so I could take the mechanism out and have the record unplayable that it might be. It just made me seethed with annoyance. So I don't want to see that. If you want to do that yourself, fine. Right, do it in your own pleasure, you know, private your own home. Don't show me or anyone else because it only just us record collectors. It just irks us. And you know, people ask me which um, I've been asked, you know, um, which genre has the most pitiness, and that's an interesting question, right? And I would honestly have to tell you that I think it would be, it would be pop, pop and punk, pop punk definitely. I'd love to think Heavy Metal had lots of pictures, and it would have its equal mounts. Um, but most um, metal heads uh, of the early years weren't buying picture discs. They were buying just the right vinyl to put it on, play loud, play fast. Um, I think you'll find that, that the and the audience was slightly older, and pop and picture discs were aimed mainly at the what well, the beginning, I suppose, and towards the towards the end of the, its big era. 70s to mid 80s um early 90s it would have been the youth the teenagers the dude right so i think if you're looking to buy and invest in picture discs uh, and you're not buying to listen but buying just as investment and you know that's fine you're probably best off looking at um new wave punk and electro early 80s stuff you know like your your Duran Durans, your Spandau Ballets, your, um, and then there would be a lot of those made, but mainly actually where the money lies, and I'm not, I'm not saying you buy music for investment, but it is, people do, uh, are the bootleg picture discs, because their artwork that is not condoned by the band, it's usually um, music that's, you can't, that, you know, live um, concerts, poorly recorded, but who cares? It's a snapshot. It's a rarity, um, and that m- can often be a, quite a fun uh, way of, uh, of of getting your picture disc collection up. Is looking for the sort of odd, um, sort of said the bootleg options because there's a lot of them around. I mean, Marillion, for instance, has at one point was the most bootleg band in the world. Um, would you believe it? You would have thought it'd be like the Beatles, or but no, they were at one point. Not so much now, obviously. But back in the mid eighties, um, eighty two to eighty four, uh, they had the most bootlegs of any other band, uh, and that just blows your mind as well, doesn't it? To think about it. But I've got quite a few of those actually. She says, sort of, you know, mainly coloured vinyl. Didn't get a lot of picture discs from Meridian's bootlegs. Mainly, mainly coloured vinyl. Got a lot of splattered white pink and red and yellow and that kind of stuff anyway that's me for this week um i hope you enjoyed the chat about picture discs the quickly potted history of of the of the medium i sort of uh got those notes scrambled together 
uh, on paper, analog, much better than me flicking between screens and getting lost in my own mind. So last week, I, w- I just like, oh my god, I completely lost track of what I was saying. Um, and it just, and I'm much more an analog kind of guy anyway. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm going to have some of my tea, one moment. I'm recording this late at night, actually, not in the morning like I normally do, because uh, when I normally record on a Monday, uh, I had a shocker of a migraine, so uh, that curtailed the recording. Um, this is much more pleasant. I quite enjoy it at night time, actually. It's uh, quiet and peaceful, and your brain can sort of stretch a little bit more. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Get your record collection out. Please do send me some um, images of your of your picture disc collection. I'd love to see it. You know where the, you know where to come. It's at uh, Heavy Metal Tones Facebook page. I'll put the link below. Uh, come and email me at heavymetaltones@gmail.com. That's heavymetaltones@gmail.com. Do go on and like and um, subscribe and like. You know, go and give me a review. I'd love a review. Uh, give me some stars, one or five. I don't really mind. Um, preferably five, of course. Um, don't stress me out by giving me too many ones. Um, anyway, that's me rambling on. Me finished for the day. Catch you next week. Bye, guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.